welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to the Built on Air podcast, season 11, episode 8. Myself, Dan Fellers, and Camille with us today. Welcome, Camille. Hello. It's just the two of us today. Ali couldn't make it. She'll be back with us next week. And um, should have a guest with us next week. We were going to have one today, but uh, wasn't able to make it. So we'll reschedule him for another day. So Camille and I are going to fill the airwaves with you every week. We come with a one-hour podcast talking about all things Airtable. I'll go through briefly what we're going to be talking about today. We always start off with our around the bases, covering everything to keep you up to date on what's going on in the Airtable communities. Then we'll do a quick spotlight on our primary sponsor, OnToAir. Then Camille is going to take over and going to do two different segments. We're going to break them up into the first one talking about the formulas and linked records in our field focus segment in a base that she's built and uses um, for invoicing and billing. And then she'll go into how to automate the billing aspect using uh, make.com. And then quick shout out to our community and how you can join. And then finally, we're going to do an app highlight on the barcode generator app. So with that, we will start with our around the bases. And the first one is a new contest that Airtable just announced last week on the interface designer contest. So Jordan, the manager of um, the community, has posted that they are giving away money. So it looks like three different categories, um, best design, best use case slash solution focus, and a wild card. And so it looks like they're gonna have nine money winners. So for each category, there's a $5,000 first place, a 2,000 second place, and a 1,000 third place, plus swag and an invitation to a special meeting to give feedback. <laughs> Thoughts, Camille? Well, I put in my comment that uh, on this thread that the the real prize is being at the feedback, uh, you know, hearing because presumably the people who 
win prizes for this contest will have used interface designer enough to create a good, you know, interface for it. Meaning they probably would have run into a roadblock or two and would have had, oh, I wish I could have done such and such to make this uh, design a little better. And so um, it's an interesting way of sort of picking out who would have the most sort of fleshed out feedback to give about interface designer, which is still technically in beta. Um, they still call it a beta, even though it's more or less fully functional. But there's a lot of things that I think uh, many people want that are missing. So. Yep. Yeah, I liked, um, I, I'm hoping they respond to this one. Um, if there's any planned new features before the competition time, mm -hmm. um, we'll see if they <clears throat> have anything planned because it it's been a while since they've updated interface designer with new features. The button element is I think the newest piece. Um, I don't anticipate them releasing, it'd be weird if they <laughs> released a new feature during the time of the contest. Can you scroll back up please? to yep. see when the deadline is July 31st. Okay. So, you know, a month and a half essentially to, um, can I, yeah, it, I, as much as I want new features, you should probably wait until this contest <laughs> is over because it's going to delay right. people as they figure out how to use it unless it's very simple. Um, yeah. Small features. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this will be cool. Um, be interesting to see if submissions. Uh, Scott posted free money. I kind of agree. I was mentioning uh, before the show, it'll be interesting how many submissions they get. Because mm -hmm. um, like you were mentioning, like there's only so much you can do in Interface Designer. So it'll be interesting how they judge because I think a lot will look fairly similar. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I, I have seen some creative use cases and I'm not going to reveal other people's secrets uh, in case they want to, you know, compete themselves. But I've seen people get fairly creative how to work around some of the limitations of interface designer. And um, we've all seen examples from Chris Dancy, uh, who has very complex Airtable solutions, including uh, nowadays some fairly involved interface designers. So yeah. um, I'm sure he'll submit uh, one or at least, you know, he, he publishes some of his interfaces every now and again. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if I were to pick who's to beat, it's probably Chris Dance. Yeah, yeah. I think Allie's got some good ones too. She might mm -hmm. <clears throat> submit if they're if that's possible. So anyways, yeah, we'll, uh, when they announce it, it looks like, um, so July 31st is the deadline. So get your interfaces in by July 31st at 5 PM Pacific time. And then they'll announce the winners in August. So we'll definitely check out, um, keep our eye on that and showcase the winners and the cool interfaces that people submit. So looking forward to that in August. <clears throat> All right, next one. As far as uh, new features, there was um, a big one. So we have uh, we have a couple. Um, there's two that I want to highlight. So the big one here is the what they're calling Document Automator. Uh, 
And they kind of announced this as like a new app in the email announcement that I got. Like it was, they kind of announced it as like this big new app, but it's really just built into automations. Um, and so I don't know if it's worthy of calling it an app, but it is a cool new feature. But it's basically the ability to create a new Google Doc based off of data from your um, Airtable data, and it's built into automation. So along with all the other tasks, there's now they they had Google Forms and Google Sheets tasks before, and now um, they have Google Docs, and so you can see that in automations. I'll do a quick demo of it, but any any input there, Camille? Um, yeah, there's yeah. I'm sure you'll get into in your demo. There's some limitations. Uh, it's a nice addition to create a um, a Google Doc from you know, just some simple data if you need a quick export things. And, you know, I'll wait till the demo to get into specifics. Yeah, yeah. So good, um, good stuff there. Um, there's a couple, you know, I, I'll be very unbiased in my in my uh, evaluation of it, but I am biased. I have a product in Ontario that's that's similar, more advanced than what can be done here. So if I'll just give a quick plug before we do the demo, if you're using this and it's not quite what you need and you need more power, then check out the Ontario product um, that also integrates with Google Docs. But yeah, let me do a quick demo of it uh, actually over here. Um, so basically you would set up your automation like you would normally. You can trigger it off of a record or at a scheduled time. The cool thing that this one does that we don't yet do, um, we'll do eventually, but the cool thing is this one, you don't need to trigger it off of a record. So it can actually, you can actually insert uh, a view, a table, and it doesn't have to be tied to a single record, which I know our product and I think some of the other competitive ones and like page designer um, are, are kind of triggered off of a single record. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but basically, you would just set it up. You have to connect to your Google account, and then you specify a folder, and then you can insert dynamically the title based off of any fields that you retrieve through a find record or a lookup record. And, um, and then your content here, this is what's going to get inserted into, um, your, into your Google Doc. And so you can actually insert grids of um, like the full view. And another cool thing that it does is if your view has a grouping, it will actually insert that same grouping into the Google Doc. So you'll have a table of each group. Um, so that's kind of a cool feature. Um, the, other, the other thing, I don't know if they announced this or we just found it, but I'll showcase it here is they updated the uh, token um, thing. And so now you can click on this. It's really cool because before you weren't able to change like where that token was coming from and now you can. So this feature is cool before, and this works in all editor types where whenever you're inserting dynamic data, um, there's now this thing. And so you can change it, you can modify it so you can convert it to uppercase, lowercase. Trimming means if there's any 
spaces at the beginning or end, then it'll cut those off. And then length will return the, the number of characters um, in there. And uh, so you can copy it as well. So that's another feature that, yeah. Did you see a, a post or any mention of that? I didn't see any mention. I just pointed it out in the comments of that yeah. thread because that's when I, I in their screenshots, I think I noticed the down arrow and I was like, I don't remember the down arrows being there. And then um, I looked and yeah, editing tokens is just really, really useful, especially for the grid of records type thing where you're selecting uh, which, uh, you know, which columns that you want in there before you'd have to do it all. And then, oh, I actually want to add this other column Then you'd have to delete the old token and go back and add, you know, each one again. And it was kind of cumbersome and annoying and now it's not cumbersome or annoying and it like you said it works not just in the google doc um, step it works in all of the steps where you can insert a token in the first place yeah 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 andrew in the community mentions uh, was hoping you can modify the date format with the new token editor but alas no um yeah that'd be super useful um right now the editing options are basically for uh, text-based values, yeah. um, there's there's no like number formatting either. Um, yeah. if you wanted to chop off the decimal uh, uh, values for a number, you couldn't do that either. So, you know, still would probably be reliant on a formula field or a script to handle your formatting options. But um, I think that'd be a good feature to add some simple uh, formatting options for numbers or dates. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, so that's kind of um, what you would do there. And then, you know, you run it like any other automation. And then what it returns is the URL to the Google Doc. Um, I open this up. <clears throat> to uh, that, you'll see the output, and it should just have a table. Oh, there we go. Um, and so, it uh, so this one was grouped by so it generates um, those groups and it has the empty section. A couple things I don't like is that it puts this at the bottom of each table, mm-hmm. and um, that's not something you can turn off, which is yeah. odd. Yeah, yeah. It also always inserts a link back, I believe, um, mm-hmm. to the record. Um, so those are a couple things that, that are kind of annoying. Um, there's lacking formatting, uh, Mm -hmm. things like this obviously are not ideal. So, um, yeah, so room for improvement, but for the basics of just generating text into a Google doc, it definitely, um, is a quick win. So comes in handy. Finally, I'll show, I know you uh, you and, and others pointed out um, ways to, you know, one of the big things it doesn't do by default is, um, is uh, saving it as a PDF back into your Airtable, um, but there's an easy way to do that. So if you just, um, so I'm saving this back into a new table, so I'm creating a new record. And I believe this is the right format. So you just insert the URL that came from um, 
that came from the, the save, the generated create doc task, and then just put a slash export question mark format equals PDF. Does that look right? Yeah, sure. Something like that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's it. So let's, so I did that. Oh, let's run a test. Um, go above the blue but well yeah you want to do a fresh one let's do that one yeah it takes a second i know to uh i didn't i don't think i've ever noticed that it goes one step at a time okay so here we got let's see if this worked it did there's our pdf so if you're trying to um, save that Google Doc back into a PDF, it's as simple as that. So that's a nice little trick um, that just requires it, adding that to the end. It does also require that whatever folder you told the Google Doc step to create the document in, that has to be a public or shared folder or public folder. Um, otherwise, uh, Airtable can't go to that URL to convert it into a PDF and then add it. Um, so good just point. warning. Yeah. yeah, good point. I forgot to check that. So luckily I used a folder that must be public <laughs> mm -hmm. for that to work. So yeah, very good point. Yeah, it has to be public, the folder that you're saving your Google Docs to. So all right, so that's very cool. I know a lot of people will um, will find that useful. Um, and there are third parties. Ontario is one. Documents another for more advanced um, document creation. So if this doesn't cut the bill for what you need, then then there are alternatives that you can check out. So that is a nice feature. Uh, okay, moving on um, to the Built on Air community. The next item I wanted to highlight. So Justin, who's a friend of the show, um, posted this. I thought this was cool. I think um, people, he was just thinking maybe just some late night uh, Airtable dreaming. It says, last night while replying to someone's query on an older forum about how to monitor for deleted records, a solution occurred to me. It wasn't possible at the time of the original discussion. So basically he's talking about um, how to keep track if a record got deleted because there isn't any trigger and there's no way I know I've tried to find ways. And we do have kind of a workaround to get notified when a record gets deleted, but it's not ideal. Um, but what his suggestion is, is you use a sync table and you check it um, and there's an option when you sync a table to keep it on the destination even if it gets deleted from the source and so you make sure that you have that setting on and um, then what happens is if it gets deleted from the source the source id will get removed from the destination because now there's no longer a source record associated with that so then you can easily create a view that says if there's no source ID, then that means these records were deleted. So it's a nice, uh, nice trick on how you can keep track of records that, that got deleted from your source table. 
And um, so that's a pretty cool, pretty cool approach. Jan says, genius. We agree. Um, nice trick. Thank you, Justin, for sharing that. So if anybody's ever wondering or wants to monitor their deleted records, that is the current way, the only really way I know how to do it, because I don't even think Airtable um, has any kind of view of that, because you can't in the history. I mean, you could look at the archive and like, you know, reinstall, but um, that's not ideal. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah. It, yeah. This is probably the easiest way that you even can do it. And I don't really know of another way to do it either. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Justin for that um, cool tidbit. All right, moving on to the Reddit community. Um, this one I thought was interesting. Uh, it says, how to use both Notion and Airtable. This person uses uh, Notion for almost all their daily life, but it's becoming cumbersome. And so they're exploring using Airtable in addition to Notion. So I know a lot of people uh, use Notion. It's a very popular tool, um, especially for document documentation. So this I use a lot as well. I'm going to show in the Ontario um, spotlight how we use Notion with Airtable. Um, so this is an interesting thread. I don't. Are you an, a Notion user, Camille? No, I keep starting and stopping using Notion slash Coda. To me, they're functionally the same um, for documenting when I create an app. Um, giving them like a user guide or here's, you know, how to use this product. Uh, but I've never actually pulled the trigger because I've never really sat down and learned too much about it. But it, it seems yeah. like a, a, a nice product. I just haven't personally used it so much yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the, the main difference is Notion and, and I think Coda kind of fits in this category as well. Although Coda is probably more of a hybrid of the two. Um, but uh, Notion is better at content first, documents, um, interlinking between between documents and then Airtable's more data first. Um, and so that's where, you know, there's a use case for both. Notion has a database feature, but it's nowhere near as advanced as, as Airtable. Um, and gets it does get cumbersome if you're trying to do a lot of, of database type stuff in Notion. So I think there is a play for using both. Um, like I said, I'll showcase in a little bit how, how we use Notion with, with Onto Air. And um, so, yeah, so if you're curious, it's something that I'm exploring. I, I've done some integration work with Notion. We haven't released any product, um, probably won't anytime soon, but maybe down the road we'll, we'll explore some some notion type apps um so yeah if anybody's interested in notion I'd, I'd i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on how you use notion with Airtable. all right finally we'll end with a little bit of humor um i don't know if you saw this sergio posted this in the built-on air community i saw it on um twitter first so i'll show the twitter version but it's a it's a picture of new york city and um 
there's a there's a billboard from ClickUp, a competitor to Airtable that says save one day every week, and it has the ClickUp logo. And then down below it, Airtable has their billboard that says this is how. And so it's kind of uh, I don't think this was intentional. Maybe the placement was, but this is how is Airtable's um, mm -hmm. slogan that they're using in their new marketing campaign. So I don't think they purposely came up with that to put right there underneath ClickUp, but it's kind of kind of uh, funny that they're kind of uh, throwing some shade at ClickUp. And I think ClickUp even noticed it. I think somebody, one C-level executive at ClickUp tweeted it as well <laughs> and kind of making fun. So a little bit of back and forth between Airtable and ClickUp going on i thought this was funny i still think that is fairly <laughs> incredible also they have just similar enough a color scheme in their logo where if you didn't know what ClickUp or Airtable was you might think that's just one ad yeah go, oh yeah Airtable, cool <laughs> yeah yeah you'd be like click up i don't know why i need to click up but Maybe if it, if the Airtable one was above it, then you'd be clicking up or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> that might make more sense. So, uh, so yeah, so Airtable, you'll you'll start to see. I think somebody, uh, Rebecca, in the Built on Air community said they saw the ad in um, Texas, and so um, I think they started. They promoted it during the golf tournament, the U.S. Open is when they started um, promoting it on air. So you'll start to see Airtable commercials on TV and billboards apparently, in, at least in New York. <clears throat> and I think this was, uh, yeah, Sergio um, posted the same picture in the Built on Air community as well. So it's going around. <clears throat> All right, that concludes the round the bases of everything, keeping you up to date on the Built on Air community. Now let's continue on to uh, Spotlight on Ontair. It's an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable, a suite of apps that allow you to do a variety of different things. And today, because of that notion, I wanted to kind of talk about something that if you're an Air, if you're an Air, Ontair customer um, or interested in in some of our apps um, we'd love to hear from you on ways that we can improve different new features that you want to see either in our existing apps or future apps that you want us to build so this is our customer feedback portal i was evaluating i looked at some of the um, off-the-shelf solutions for getting feedback from customers and i said i wonder if i could build this with airtable and notion and so I built this. It took a little bit of time, but um, our, our content, our, our uh, help desk, our, all of our um, customer support and documentation is built inside of Notion. And then we use a product that converts it to a website um, so that we can put it on our, on our domain. And, um, and so as part of that Notion, we are tracking all of the customer feedback. So... This is an example of using um, Airtable and Notion. So th this is kind of a database. So when you click on this, it goes to a page. And um, then we ask for feedback. So 
this is somebody that um, posted, it might've been, uh, oh yeah, this is somebody posting a new feature for Amplify and we have the ability to upvote this. Um, so when you click on this, it actually goes to an Airtable form. So not as clean as a built, a fully integrated one, but um, since we're in the Airtable world, I think people are okay filling out an Airtable form. And so you can upvote this. And what happens is this goes into an Airtable base. Um, I then can approve or if it's spam or something, then I won't approve it. Once I approve it in Airtable, then we have a script that talks to the Notion um, API and uh, updates the Notion database with this new information. And then it would then show up um, back on here as an upvote, as a comment. And so it works both with upvoting an existing one, or if you submit a new feature um, that goes to a different Airtable form that has the same kind of functionality. So kind of cool way of using Notion that, it, so Notion's really good for this kind of stuff where you it'll automatically convert to a website. Um, so we use that for all of our documentation. So. We'd love to hear your feedback, um, fill out these forms and submit new ideas of things that you want to see in our existing apps or new apps that you'd love for us to build in the future. So check that out. You can find that on Ontair and in our um, menu, you can get to our, our customer feedback section. So uh, interesting way to use both there. All right. Camille, share your screen and we'll talk about some fields. Um, okay. Hold on. <laughs> um, I actually have to stop sharing because yeah. I have done this in a live base, <laughs> which is a bad idea. Don't be like me, kids. <laughs> don't, don't follow in my footsteps. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now I'm ready. Okay. There we go. So um, I have a business where I will sometimes, once a blue moon, create an app for people or do some Airtable related something or other. And um, with that comes, you know, the issue of billing and invoicing and all of that. And um, similar to Dan, I could have used an out-of-the-box solution, and I decided, nah, I'm just going to build one. And so I built one in Airtable because, of course, um, I have a fairly long demo that's been split into two parts of sort of going in to what I've done in Airtable. Uh, the first part is more just sort of pointing out an issue I ran into and how I got um, over it. And then the second half is how I actually bill people or how I will start billing people um, in the future. And I use Stripe as my payment processor. So in the first part, um, just to give you an idea of what um, how I've set up my base, I have a table for clients. Um, and each client may sign on for one or more contracts where I will be asked to build something or do something. And each contract will have multiple tasks one or more tasks assigned to it. There's many hidden fields in here that will help me calculate how long I think that task will take. Uh, but I have a 
column for how long I've actually spent doing that task and status. Pretty simple. And um, then comes the notion of invoicing for a client. And if you're like me, you might run into a couple of different things where if you have more than one active contract with somebody, what if you want to invoice for both of those contracts um, in the same invoice? Or you could do it another way where you have multiple projects with the same person uh, going on at the same time, but you want each project to get their own invoice. Well, I wanted flexibility. Um, so I set it up where um, it's not a given necessarily which contract is being billed for. Instead, what I've done is I've billed straight to the client and each um, invoice has uh, invoice line items where I could assign um, the contract to an individual line item. And that's the basic sort of flow. And the problem I had uh, when I was sort of going through and thinking of how would I want to do this, um, I, it's very easy if a project is over to say, okay, well, this is how much time I've spent total for the project. You know, multiply that by whatever your rate is and say, invoice the client. But if you have a long ongoing project that's, you know, many, many months, you might not want to wait until, you know, the very start of the project where you're just billing for what you've estimated for or the very end of the project, which is the actual amount of time you spent on it. If you want to bill on a monthly or weekly basis, you have to be able to, to determine how much time have I spent this month or how much time have I spent since the last time I've invoiced the client? And that was more cumbersome than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I'm going to talk through the several fields that sort of make that work. If I go back to my client's uh, table, you'll see I have this one client in here, they have two different contracts associated with them. And then I have a roll-up field for the record IDs of my contract records from that client that have outstanding balances. This is done with a fairly simple condition applied. There's a field that just gives me the record ID for each contract. And I'm only asking it to give me the record IDs of that uh, record if the amount that hasn't been billed is greater than zero and then the status of that project is not canceled. Um, and then this is going to be useful when we talk about Stripe, but I have a similar condition applied to the invoice memo um, field. Lastly, I have another roll-up uh, similar for the condition status is not canceled um, and then it's summing up all of the next amounts to invoice. Well, what's the next amount to invoice? If I go back to um, my contracts table, um, you'll, you can notice I have the actual hours um, and actual project value. So this is a roll up summing up all of the hours from the task table where I'm logging how many um, hours I've spent thus far on that task. I have another roll-up that's saying, how much have I invoiced and how much have I paid or has been paid so far? 
and then what the next amount to invoice, which is what the client's table is looking at. It's looking at the status first and saying, if it's complete, then I've already been paid and you know just zero it out. Otherwise, give me um, the project value, which is the my fee times the amount of hours I've worked, minus the amount that has been invoiced. Um, and what that effectively allows me to do is as you know, a project goes on and I'm adding more hours to a project and I've billed for some and then another month goes by and I'm uh, billing more towards that project, it's not allowing me to bill for the same hours twice. Um, that is effectively what's happening. And I could see if I could break my own system, if I try and create a new project, um, on the fly so we could see this work in action, I'm sure something will go wrong. Hopefully that makes sense so far. Yep. Test and then I'll give it some, I'll give it some tasks. Do, 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 do. This is for the new contract. Well, that's annoying. That's weird. <laughs> okay. W-Y-F-A. I would, um, you know, just search for that record. But again, this is a live base and I don't want to have stuff just out there. Task number one. This is a test. And let's say I did six hours. So now that's in there. And hopefully, if I go back to my contracts table, um, you'll see I have just a you know random rate applied in here for the purposes of demo. Um, six hours for that task I have logged, and then you know what's that rate? I haven't invoiced for this um, this project at all because I just made it. So none, of, none has been paid. And so it's simple. I know that the next amount to invoice is 750. If I go back to my clients based, I now have in here, based on my conditional rollup, that one record that has an outstanding balance. It's that 750. Um, the memo is just helpful for me and for my clients to see you know, the last time you have been billed was June 21st. Um, or that was the last time I said I started work. There's a, there's a table, or not a table, a field in this table that will give me the date where I put in the number six, which is how my clients know when did I start work for this invoice. Um, and so that's all sort of ready to go, ready to be packaged into my, you know, invoicing system that uh, uses Stripe. Um, I don't know if there's questions from the chat, but that's sort of the thought process that I had going through. And then I could demo it again with another contract in here if you wanted to see two different projects being built uh, at the same time. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. 
no, ack. Yet another. Uh, and I'm just going to do it from here. Actual hours, let's just say 10. So that you could see in here, give it a moment. So now I should have 16 hours to bill for, and then the sum of these two together for amount outstanding. And then going back to my base, you could see I now have two uh, record IDs in here, and then this rollup uh, updated as well to give me uh, that value. And then the amount uh, to invoice has changed as well. This is all sort of leading up to getting the right amount of information I need to transition into uh, going into Stripe and looking at the, you know, a sample uh, invoice that Stripe can create. This is another test I had done previously. This is essentially what we're trying to build. So I want to know the quantity, the number of hours. Um, the unit price, which is a fake rate I applied in here, and then multiplying that together, getting all of that in there. And then for the memo, I want to say, you know, what are the dates that I'm billing since? And then what are the two two projects that are supposed to be on this invoice? And awesome. that's all of that information is being collected by my system of a thousand rollups, it seems. Did you show the memo? I'm curious what that rollup looks like. Yeah, so um, the rollup itself is like this. So we've talked about it on the show before that you could have full formulas in a rollup field. Sometimes it's you know finicky, so it's not always the recommended solution. But I wanted to save myself on some fields. So if you know if there's anything to invoice in the first place. Um, then, you know, give you this simple statement, this invoice bills for yada, yada, yada. And then I'm formatting the date of my, um, my work date, which is again, the earliest date for the task that has hours, which have not yet been billed for it is a complicated sentence, but that's what that is. That's what invoice work date is. And then it's a bullet character that I've added. So it's not a you know, perfectly formatted list if you had hanging lines, but it looks nice for shorter values. And then I'm joining um, the remaining values with a line break and then another bullet character as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's awesome example of uh, what you can do with the formula section of a join or a rollup. <laughs> so I had a lot of rollups in this portion of the demo, that's the only one that's particularly special. All of the other ones are very simple. They just happen to have, you know, a condition applied to them. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool stuff. Let me do a transition here. So that was the formulas and all the linked records and rollups. So lots of advanced uses of uh, formulas. And now we're going to create an automated invoice. So Let's move on to the automate create section and how you're doing that back to you is uh, is, is my screen up yep okay so i did this in make um i know scott was in the chat he's an 
our resident makes fashion trigger mat um, expert. Um, but I did this actually for another client and then said, I should steal that. And so I've uh, adopted a similar sort of workflow. Um, and I'm going to explain it first before I show it running, because again, this is a live base. And if I've messed something up, um, I want to make sure that you know what it's supposed to do. And what it's supposed to do is run off a webhook. So there is a automation um, in here that's fairly simple. Um, I have a single select uh, field that when I change it to create and send invoice, it is supposed to do one of two things. Um, I have a condition applied for making sure that there's, a, you know, the number is greater than zero. I don't want to invoice a client for zero dollars. Um, make sure that there's actually that roll up that had the list of record IDs. Make sure that's not empty. It has to associate it with a, a contract and make sure that they already have a customer ID in Stripe. So in Stripe, um, which is my preferred payment processor, um, each customer has their own unique ID. And if they don't have one, that means they're not a record in Stripe yet, which means this automation is going to fail because it's not going to be able to send anything to anyone. Um, so making sure all of that is um, in there. If so, run a script. The script is very simple. All it's doing is posting the record ID of the uh, of what I want to bill for to make. And then from there, I'm updating that same record again and saying that the invoice has been sent. Otherwise, if none of those conditions happen, then you know, I'm changing that same single select into something that looks like an error. So I know that, oh, this person was never uh, invoiced, which is just a tip that I think you know, is, is good practice. If something yeah. fails, show it somewhere. Yeah. So back into make, what's happening is um, the webhook is received and then it's getting the record uh, from that record ID. So again, I'm triggering off of the client, not the contract. All of this information top level is in client. So it's getting the client record. Um, once again, making sure that I have contracts to bill for and because I set it up so that uh, one client can have multiple contracts that they're being billed for, I have an iterator that's setting up um, or splitting up rather which contracts that they have that have outstanding balances. So it's taking um, this array and if there's more than one value, it's uh, splitting that apart. So okay. it's getting the contract for each record ID I have in there in this example, I have two. Um, and then it's creating a invoice item in Stripe. So in Stripe, um, you can have one invoice and each invoice can have multiple line items. This is creating those line items. Um, it is fairly straightforward. Um, I'm doing it by unit amount and quantity. Something to note if you're working in Stripe is they require that the numbers you give them are in cents and not whole dollars. Um, so there's formulas in my base that um, will I'll have a regular number or currency field that gives the amount times 100 and then a formula field is taking that amount and dividing it by 100. The reason why I did it that way and not the other way around is because I want my automations to fill in values 
and the values that Stripe is going to, you know, spit out are going to be in sense, which means I have to use a formula to convert it. If I did it the other way around, I wouldn't, it would, I wouldn't be able to get information from Stripe in here. Uh, so anyway, that's pretty simple. Um, for description, I'm just tacking on the words per hour at the end, because that's how I bill. Um, and then I am creating, you know, that same information back into my air table in my invoice line items table, um, like so. It just helps me keep track of the amount, um, uh, just making sure that I know, oh yeah, on this date, this contract was, was built for, because again, I'm splitting things up that way. Um, and then I'm aggregating everything back together. And then finally creating the actual invoice itself. So what Stripe does by default um, is it will create an invoice with all of the um, uninvoiced line items. So you could create 50 line items and then never create an invoice and those will just sit pending in, in Stripe's system. And then the next time you create an invoice, you don't even really have to tell it which line items. It will just look at all of the pending line items it has and attach that to the next invoice. So you can see I'm not really telling it, here are the line items that I want you to include. It just knows because those are the ones that haven't been touched yet. Auto advance for your references if you want to automatically build uh, or bill that client if they have a payment um, uh, payment uh, already on file, like if they've already paid you with credit card or their bank or whatever, um, you can tell uh, Stripe to say, just bill them automatically if they already have something on file. Um, and then for description, that's where I'm putting in that memo field that had things as a bulleted list. Um, from there, it is finalizing the invoice, which um, when you create an invoice in Stripe, it'll start off as draft and won't actually go anywhere until you finalize it. So that's what this is. Very simple. Um, it's just sort of stamping it ready, and that's where it, when it'll be sent. And then last but not least, it is creating an invoice record in Airtable itself with all of this information. So... Stripe will give you a name for each invoice. Um, every client in Stripe will have their own prefix and then a number attached to them. That's what the number looks like. Then the unique invoice ID, which would be in like the URL. Invoice date, all that kind of stuff. I'm hooking it back to the client that started this um, automation in the first place. Um, and then I am getting uh, all of the invoice line item Airtable records that I had made previously and attaching them to this invoice record. Um, and then what's nice about Stripe um, is that it gives you a URL that your customers can click on and pay through like an online portal. And it'll also give your invoice as a PDF, which is what I showed earlier. Um, and I'm just hooking that straight into the... Um, into the Airtable record. And that's, that is what the process is. And now I'm going to see if it works. Big test. So I hit run. And now what I do is I go back into this uh, base. 
and change the single select into create and send invoice. So if I do that, my Airtable automation should fire. And when it does, this webhook should get a response. There it goes. <sighs> Is it going? Is it going? Yay, it worked. Working. Um, or did it? So oh, you kind of saw it flash really, really quickly. But um, all of these are now empty. And my amount to invoice is now zero. And I'm going to walk through what happened just now on the Airtable side. So, so much magic. You'll see I have a second invoice in my invoices uh, tab. The second part of my Airtable automation that changed this back to sent um, is, um, is there. Actually, that's not from the Airtable automation. I think I did that here. Um, oh, no. No, I didn't. It is for my Airtable automation that's changing this value to sent. But I have a second um, invoices uh, record, and that's great. If I go to my contracts table, it was these last two. Um, I have my project value, which is the same, but now my amount invoiced is no longer zero. It's the amount um, from my actual project value because I created an invoice attaching those items to it. Um, and then amount paid is zero because I haven't paid for anything yet. If I go to my invoices tab, that invoice record is, is there now with the amount I've invoiced. Um, nothing has been paid, yada, yada. But I should be able to click this button. Yes. So um, my memo came in here. I have my two contracts as line items. Um, that's all nice. Then if I go back here and go to my invoice line items, this is grouped by a uh, client. So you can see it's these second to the amount invoiced and the amount invoice paid. So another rollup that I didn't show is I'm pulling from the invoice record itself um, how much that whole invoice has been paid. And then I'm clamping the amount that the item has been paid based on it, it can't be more than what this line item is. So, and it, um, I've confused myself. So, <laughs> so when you've set it up like I have, um, I don't want to track payments by invoice line item because that's finicky and annoying. I want to just how much have they paid towards the whole invoice. So I've pulled in the whole invoice and said it's either the amount of this line item itself or it's the total amount. Um, and that's how you end up with making sure that this value is never more than the actual line item itself. Um, if I were to go back and change this to, ooh, hold on, which one is a newer project? This one's a new project. This was six hours. If I change it to 16, hopefully, 
I should be able to go back in here and say, yeah, my actual project value for this contract is now 2000. The amount I've invoiced is 750. The uh, next amount to invoice is now 1250. And that's how I keep my business sort of uh, going and honest. So I'm only billing for that extra 10 hours that I just did and not the uh, previous six hours that was already on an invoice. Once they pay that, that's great, but I'm not gonna invoice them twice even though they haven't paid for it yet. So that's just simple math, just subtracting the total amount uh, that I can bill for minus how much I have already billed for, not paying attention to how much has been paid. Yeah. That's amazing. Yet another example of an amazing mini app product that you can build inside of Airtable with a little bit of help from make.com. <laughs> yeah, and it was, there's some there's some gotchas, uh, you know, learning how to do this uh, with Make, but once you're sort of got it in there it's fairly simple and the connector for stripe is you know pretty nice you could do most of what you would want to do fairly easily and um you know i like i said i like stripe it allows me yeah. to create nice clean pdfs and have online payment portals with like nothing um and you know there's a cost associated with using stripe not for make if you're on uh such a small scale like myself but for using Stripe, there's a certain, you know, percentage they take of each yeah. transaction. I think it's worth it because you could do a system like this, which um, while a little finicky and has a lot of moving parts to it, uh, it gets the job done. And um, it's custom to my, the way I would like to, you know, run my system. Right. right. And does when you generate the invoice does stripe send an email or do you would you then set up another automation to send the pdf if this were a real um this is all using test data stripe has a really nice test mode so i'm not actually charging myself the you know thousands of dollars that that i've racked up over the course of this demo um if this wasn't a test it would send them an actual email gotcha So they would get an email with that link to it and um, this PDF attached to the email as well. And I mentioned earlier that you could elect to auto charge existing customers. They still get an email. They just, you know, are charged with whatever's on file. Yeah. Awesome. Well done, Camille. You've uh, showcased the power of Airtable very nicely. (laughs) All right. We will... um, conclude. I'm just going to do a quick demo uh, before that. Join our community. We'd love to have you if you're not already in there, builtonair.com slash join. And there are thousands of other Airtable users in there, and we'd love to have you join with us. So in conclusion, I'm going to do just a quick uh, demo of an app that's in the App Store. Um, I'm not affiliated with this app, But um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, barcodes because I don't use barcodes or QR codes. Um, I actually haven't done any client projects that required it. So so I'm obviously familiar with them or know what they are, but I haven't actually like done a whole lot of work with the barcode um, field. But so I thought this would be interesting because I'm actually um, 
starting to get familiar with it. And so basically this barcode generator from uh, Little Apps is the uh, publisher of it, uh, or Tiny Apps, Little Apps. Um, anyways, um, you just install this from the marketplace. They do have a free tier that allows you to run one at a time. Um, or you can upgrade and get a license that allows you to do bulk updates. Um, but basically, you'll have to set this up a bit. Um, every field is required, so you are required to select a view. And then, and then what you're doing is you're converting a text field into a barcode. So usually you're going to have like a number, like a serial number or something with a product. Um, and then you want to convert that to a barcode. I'm just converting the value of the name of these projects. Um, and then you're going to set up an attachment field. So not a barcode field. This is an attachment field because it's actually going to generate an image and save it to the attachment field. And then it does also require another text field for any errors that might be generated, um, which I did create an error. And then once you have that all set up, there's also some barcode options. So there's different types of um, barcodes that you could set up. Um, they have another app for QR codes. So I don't know if QR codes are supported in this one or if it's just barcodes. I had no idea there's so many different barcode formats, but apparently there are. And so you can choose the format that you need. And um, you can, if you upgrade, there's more customizing you can do with the colors and things like that. Um, but once you have it set up, then you, any record that you're selected on, you just can do this one at a time with the free version. And here it generated an error, basically saying that this text was too long. So usually you're doing like a serial number. So apparently there's a, there's a text limit. Um, these ones that are shorter worked. So you see here it generated the barcode. And so this barcode somehow represents this text value of the name. So you could then use this for barcode scanners. And, um, and, then it, and then if you use the app, I believe you can scan a code and it will convert that into the text value of that code and save it into a um, barcode field. So that's useful if uh, I know um, some, you know, industries rely heavily on barcodes and QR codes. So nice to know that there's there's ways that you can um, automate this and, and set it up. So check out Barcode Generator in the marketplace, along with all the other apps that are in the marketplace that help you expand your Airtable usage. And with that, we'll conclude our episode. Thank you, Camille, for your amazing demo of what you've built. And thank you all for joining live. Uh, if you have something interesting and you want to showcase it on a future episode, reach out. We'd love to see what you've built on there. Take care, everyone. <laughs>